Hello, and welcome to Episode 2 of The Masked Parent. Real stories from a really bad parent, which is me. If this is the first episode that you've ever listened to from this podcast, I am a single white mom raising two adopted black sons, Percy and Reginald. I go by the name Jane Doe, and I am masked to uh, protect my now adult sons from any uh, running statute of limitations that might be attached to uh, the activities I describe from when they were younger, and to ensure that uh, their existing juvenile criminal records uh, can be successfully expunged and not continue to follow them into adulthood. So today's episode is about me teaching my oldest son to drive and about how I nearly got him killed despite how seriously I took my duty to keep him safe. After you've gotten used to driving as an adult, you know, you, you stop thinking about how scary driving is and how anytime you go out driving, you, you could die. Like, you know, these are multi-ton objects that we drive around at high speed. And we are lucky every time uh, we get home and, and we didn't get hurt, right? And so I've always had a very healthy respect for the dangers of driving, the importance of driving well. And I had very strong opinions about how I wanted to teach my sons to drive and how I wanted them to be safe when they drove. Um, so for me, uh, teaching Percy to drive was an awesome responsibility. And I worked really hard at teaching him the skills and making sure that he had the experiences he needed to stay safe and alive. You know, many kids, they take their test and, and they've had, you know, the required amount of time behind the wheel. But I made sure that Percy had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of driving before he ever took his driver's test. Everything I did when I was teaching him to drive was about giving him the skills and experiences that would save his life when he was on the road. Percy's first driving lesson was me having him beat the shit out of my hubcaps and tires as I had him grind along the curb, first to the right and then to the left, um, so that he could feel how big his car was, right? How big the car is and how much space it takes up on the road. And usually that's something that's built up over, you know, months and years of experience. But I, I wanted him to get that quickly. I had him do all of the driving everywhere we went uh, in all kinds of conditions. When it snowed, I we ran outside and I had him throw the car into skids to the right, skids to the left. There's there's nothing that I could think of as a possible need that we didn't cover. I uh, fought as hard as I could into his ridiculous notion that good driving was about reaction time and your ability to maneuver a car at high speeds. Um, and, to, and I tried to teach him, you know, the, the, the truth, which is good, safe driving is about making sure that the drivers around you know what you're doing and then driving defensively against the crazy people that are on the road who are literally trying to murder you with their stupidity. I did live simulations with him of situations that had almost gotten me killed in my lifetime. We... We did the simulation, hey, we realized that the exit we wanted is actually 
right now and it's three lanes over. What do we do? Well, what we don't do is try and cut over three lanes and, and, and get somebody killed, right? We pass the exit and we turn around and we go back because it's better to get there late than die. For Percy, driving represented freedom and power. And uh, it actually represented those things to me as well. So despite the dangers of driving, especially for teenagers, I was excited for him to be able to finally drive on his own. Um, And I wanted to be able to help deliver that to him. And so by the time he was first legally allowed to drive in our state, he was ready. He was as good of a driver as anybody could be at that age. He had a huge amount of experience and he scheduled the test himself, actually filled out all the paperwork. He was extremely excited to get his license. He couldn't wait. And I I couldn't wait for him. And he passed on the first try, which wasn't surprising since he had done research online about (laughs) which which testing facility uh, had the highest pass rates. Like he really... Right, and that's the one that we schedule at, even though it was farther away from our house. Like he really did his homework. He really cared about it, and he really put the the time and the effort into getting his license. And I was proud of him. So he got his license on a Wednesday, uh, and he immediately wanted to be able to drive on his own without me sitting next to him, which was how he had been driving with the permit all all those many many months. Um. And that night, there happened to be a, an away basketball game for his high school. He was on the team, and so he should have gone on the bus <laughs> with the rest of the team. But he talked to his coach, and he got special permission to drive to the away game so that he could just drive for the first time all by himself. So he drives for the first time to the away game. And he comes home far later than I expected him. And I'm upset with him, although I'm not surprised. Uh, I assumed basically he had sort of added any kind of extra driving he could onto the end of uh, the drive on the way home. Um, But I was still annoyed with him. And so I talked to him about, you know, he's still using my car and I don't want him driving all over the place like... I had given him the car to drive to this away game, and I expected him to come immediately back home afterwards. I didn't expect him to just ride all around our town. And he uh, he apologized to me. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I, you know, I just was so excited to drive. I was like, you know, I know. I understand that, but it's my car. And when I give you the keys, I am entrusting it to you, and I am expecting that you're going to bring it right home as soon as you've finished whatever you've asked uh, to borrow it for. He said, absolutely, I know that, and I appreciate you letting me borrow the car. About two days later, I'm, you know, using my own car to drive back and forth to work. And uh, I go into my glove compartment for something that should be in my glove compartment that I always keep in my glove compartment. It's not there. And in fact... My glove compartment is a jumble of 
random stuff that shouldn't be there. As a middle-aged person, I developed a system whereby certain things are always in the glove compartment and certain other things are always in the setter console. So for instance, change for a parking meter is always in the setter console. My license and registration, I keep that in the glove compartment. And so I, I look around because everything's in the wrong spot, right? So I look around and I uh, look at my trunk. Uh, and I, I don't know if it was immediately thereafter if I found a need to go in my trunk a little bit later. And I realized that things that had been in my glove compartment just you know the previous week before are now in my trunk. And that includes um, the tampons, my emergency tampons that I keep in my glove compartment. They have now been moved to my trunk. I lent my son my car, and for some reason, he felt it was okay to touch all the things in my glove compartment and all the things in my center console and relocate multiple items to different spots, which isn't okay with me at all. So when I get home that night, I talk to him about it. And I say, why, why did you do this? He does some hemming and hawing, and he feeds me a bunch of random, vague bullshit that doesn't even make any sense. And I press him, and the, the evasive bullshit just gets sort of stronger. And I just tell him, you're driving my car, which I have lent you. And if you're doing that, don't touch my shit. Drive the car to the place you want to go. Don't go into my glove compartment. Don't rummage around in my center console. Just drive the car where you want to go and come back with it at the time I expect you to. And he's like, okay, I, I'm really sorry. Absolutely. I won't, I won't ever touch your stuff again. And I, I drop it. A few days pass and Percy asks to borrow the car again for a small errand. And we walk through the issues previously uh, that we've encountered, right? So don't be home extra late. Don't tack something on to this little errand. And don't touch my shit. And if the, you can handle those two things, you can go. He says, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I let him take the keys and he goes to go do this errand. He's gone for like two and a half hours. <laughs> the three hours, I don't know, a really long time. And he doesn't, he doesn't pick up his phone. like it. So he finally gets home and I'm like, what the hell, man? Look, we, we had this freaking talk. Like, do you want me to just not let you borrow my car? I know you love driving. Like, why are you, why are you doing this? He's like, I, I'm sorry. We, I lost track of time. And, and uh, it, 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 he just spins some bullshit, which I know is bullshit. And I'm like, you need to stop doing this. I know you love driving, but you're literally not going to be able to drive my car anymore if you keep doing this. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, I, I turned down his next couple of requests to use the car. But a week later, um, I give him permission again to use the car for a brief errand. He um, wants to go with his friend Jay uh, to go to get sandwiches at the, at the good sandwich shop, which is in a, the neighboring town. It's just a couple of minutes away. And it's a Saturday and I'm feeling good. So I say, yes, you can go. N only two people in the car, you and Jay. No other guests, nobody in the back seat. Go get the sandwiches. 
and come right home. He's like, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So now we're to the the piece uh, of the story where I'm only about 80% sure of what happened. Uh, it, this sort of next part is, is very difficult for me to recall and it sort of sits in a haze in my memory. And I think it's probably... Uh, due to guilt on my part. I think I think there's a reason I can't remember it. It's because I, I don't really want to remember it clearly. I believe uh, about an hour and a half later, maybe two hours later, I'm pissed because I, I've expected Percy home and he's not home. And I'm sitting there being pissed at him. And he calls me. I think he calls me. And I think he tells me that he has been pulled over by the police and is sitting in, uh, he, he tells me the name of the store, which I'm not going to say, but in, in a local store parking lot. And he says that he's with Jay and they've been pulled over, but they've been sitting there for a really long time, probably about half an hour. And the, the cop hasn't come out to talk to him and he's not sure what to do. And I'm like, what? Like, what? What did you do? And he's like, he's like, mom, nothing. We, we got pulled over. And, and I said, well, for what? And he's like, I, I don't know. I just, we just got pulled over. And I said, well, and they haven't come talk to you. And he's like, no. That's why I'm calling. Like, what do we do? And I said, that's never happened to me before. It, it's been a like an actual half hour. And he's like, yeah, at least a half an hour. And I'm like, did he have his lights on when you? When he pulled you over, are you sure he didn't just pull into the parking lot and you thought you were being pulled over because he was near you? Are you sure you can't just drive away? Does he does he really even realize that you you pulled over? He says, no, we definitely got pulled over. And I said, well, I don't know. I, I guess go talk to them. Like, I, I don't I don't know. That's never happened. And he's like, he there's some sort of sidebar with his friend Jay. And they say, you know what? We're actually going to call Jay's dad. We're going to call Jay's dad and talk to him. I said, okay. And um, I'm not actually very worried because I, I know the store they're at. They're literally just down the road. You know, there's, there doesn't seem anything stressful about the situation other than I'm bewildered. And, and uh, Jay, uh, Jay's father is black. Jay is mixed and his father is black. So they call Jay's father. About 45 minutes later, Percy comes back home and I get the rest of the story. Jay's dad was a wealth of information, and thank God they had him available um, because he explained to them that the entire point of the incredibly long stop, the failure of the police to communicate to them, was to see if they could get them to flee. So that trying to leave the parking lot because you thought you weren't really pulled over, or getting out of the car, God forbid, to go and talk to them to see what was going on would both be construed as fleeing and that the only thing they could do was to sit with their hands clearly visible and wait as long as it took for the cops to come over. And apparently about 10 minutes later, after they'd been sitting there about 40 minutes, a cop came out and told my son, we were just seeing if you guys were going to make a run for it. Right. So Jay's father had been 100% correct. It had been a trap uh, to get them to run 
from the police. Um, when, when, I, when he told me this story, I was shocked and frightened. It was really the first time I had realized that my son was driving while black, right? I, I, had, I know that, that black people get pulled over more than white people. I know that policing is done unfairly. But somehow, when I contemplated the dangers of driving, I, I forgot. Like, I forgot my son was black and was going to be subjected to completely different rules than me. Looking back, that's almost criminally clueless on my part. I did all of this work to teach him how to drive, and I did nothing to teach him about what it might be for a black person to be driving around. Because as good as I was as a driver, I was incompetent at raising a black son to drive on the roadways of the United States. And my first reaction when he told me the story was like, oh my God, is it safe for you to drive around? And that upset him immensely because, you know, that driving is freedom and power to him. And he didn't want to lose that because people are racists, which, you know, I also agree with. Um, but it was hard for me as a mom to, to deal with the stress and the helplessness that of, you know, what could happen to him out in the world. And, and so, you know, I even sort of said something along the lines of, oh, my God, you know, maybe you shouldn't be driving this, this, this young, you know. I was just completely surprised, ridiculously surprised, right? So because, like, I have a black child. You'd think I, even before I even had black kids, I would play a game with my uh, ex back when we were together and we would in, in near in a, in a neighboring town we would we would drive by a, a person who had been pulled over and every single time we passed we'd go black guy right because every single time the person who had been pulled over by the cop was a black person black guy every time i never saw a white person in that town pulled over ever even though the town was like 99 percent white right one time one time we went black guy and then as we passed we went black woman we were we you know we knew we knew for forever that policing is done unfairly and that black people are pulled over but i didn't understand i didn't feel it right i knew it intellectually but i didn't feel it until my son came home from this stop and so i said you know maybe you shouldn't be driving and he said, kind of impatiently almost, almost like I was the kid, he said, Mom, it's just part of being black. It's not even the first time I've been pulled over. And I was like, what? That's impossible. You've only driven like three or four times. And then Percy tells me the truth. And this was really stressful to me. So I actually don't remember this word for word. I know I, I have the information. and I'm going to tell you the information but I really don't remember exactly how all of this, how he told me this, this story because it, it blew my mind. It turns out that the very first night that my son drove my car all on his own, that night that he went to the basketball game, on his way home from the basketball game, he was pulled over um, maybe about two miles from our house and handcuffed and sat on a curb, and the entire contents of my car was searched. The cop threw everything I own in that car into the grass at night at the side of the road. 
all of the contents of my glove compartment, all of the contents of my center console. He took my floor mats out and threw them into the grass. He took everything out of the back seat, which wasn't very, I had a pretty clean car. And he emptied the entire trunk, including the spare tire and the tire change kit. And he threw them all into the grass. And he searched my car from top to bottom while my son was handcuffed. And then when he was done, and he didn't find anything that he could arrest my son for, he sat in his cruiser while my kid had to walk all around in the grass and try and find all the stuff in the dark that he had dumped there. And that was the very first time that my son ever drove on his own. And you know, I've been driving for 30 years and that's never happened to me once. Not once. But the story didn't end there. Because that second time that I had let him borrow the car for a tiny errand and that he had taken so long to get back, he had been pulled over also. That had been a relatively quick stop. And the cop had come and really just run the plates and checked his license to see. And the cop told him, I just wanted to see if you had stolen the car. That's, that's what he told him. And then this third time, he was held for 40 minutes in a parking lot for no reason. You know, I, I begin each of these podcasts with a, a little talk about how I'm the masked parent so that my kids criminal records from when they were juveniles can be expunged. Um, but actually, Percy doesn't have a criminal record. He's, he's a model citizen, except for the now hundreds of uh, traffic stops he's been subjected to as an American citizen with zero criminal record, but brown skin. These three incidents happened within the first two weeks of my son having his full license. Now, if you're a white person listening to this, I'd like you to think back about your first two weeks having a license and how many times you got pulled over and how many times you got searched and handcuffed. And I would say the answer is going to be zero. I'm going to guess zero times for you. So after my son told me this stuff, I was freaked out. I, I was upset. I also said, why, why didn't you tell me this stuff? Like, wh why, why didn't you say, why didn't you tell me what's happening? I was yelling at you for moving all the stuff in my car. You could have told me. He said, if I would have told you what w that night when it happened, what would you have done? I said, I don't know. I think I would have probably called up the police station and found whoever I needed to scream at. To be, And he said, that's exactly why I didn't tell you. He said, you don't know what it's going to be like for me if you do that. You have no idea. And I think it would make it a lot worse. At that point, um, there was actually a I recall a fair amount of arguing and back and forth because I, I didn't subscribe to his belief. I, I really felt that there was something I could do to intervene, um, to make it better and to punish the police officers that were pulling him over. And that was naive on my part. And now, years later, I, I realize how calling and screaming at them wouldn't have done anything and really might have made my son's life worse. It was also comically, classically, white lady naivete to think that I was going to 
stop the racist treatment of my son by calling somebody up and doing some yelling. (laughs) If racism was that easy to stop, it wouldn't exist anymore. What I have um, chosen to do instead, uh, and what I think is probably more helpful, is to tell this story to lots of people, specifically white people, um, because, well, I think most black families probably have a personal version of this story themselves. When I tell the story of Percy's first two weeks of driving uh, to most white people, it's almost universally invoked shock and surprise from the people I tell it to. The thing about passing motorists who've been pulled over by the police, even when they're always black, and statistically you know it's impossible that it's correct that only black people are pulled over. I think most white people deep down assume that somehow, some way, there is a difference between the person who got pulled over and themselves. That somehow, some way, the black person did something to get pulled over. When this first happened to my son, and by association to me, one of the obstacles that I faced in understanding what was going on was that my reality as a a white lady driving around in the United States never included any experience in which I was pulled over for no reason. So part of my blindness, part of my inability to understand and see reality was that my personal reality and the entire realm of my experience did not include being pulled over for absolutely no reason at all. Until Percy, on his very first day of ever having a license with absolutely no criminal record and driving my car with a perfect registration, a, perf- a near-perfect driving record, no criminal activity attached to my license plate, an up-to-date inspection, perfectly working blinkers and lights, was pulled over and handcuffed and sat on a curb while everything I owned in my car was searched. And this brings us to the reflections portion of the program. Uh, Now that I've uh, relived this and told it to you, I have observed the following three things. One, when I have told this story previously, I have omitted from my story, but also mostly from my memory, the fact that Percy called me from the car prior to calling Jay's dad. I omit the phone call from my memory 
because the advice that I gave him could have been fatal if he had followed it. I told him to either drive away or get out of the car to go talk to the police. Both of those courses of action would have been completely perfectly fine for me to do and they could have been fatal for him to try and do. You don't need a particularly strong memory to be able to recall uh, recent incidents where young black men are shot in the back because they were fleeing or shot because they're resisting arrest. It's it's simply not safe <laughs> for my son to do the things that I wouldn't even think twice about. And the scariest part of, of it all is that my son didn't even know any of the rules because he had been raised by a white lady. And the even scarier part to me was the fact that grown men were trying to trick my son into accidentally fleeing. They were trying to trick him into something that, that could be perceived as a crime so that they could, I don't even know what. What were they trying to do? Fulfill their expectation that if you have brown skin, you must be a criminal? I don't know. What were they trying to do when they sat my son in a parking lot for 40 minutes without my 16 and a half year old son, without explaining to him why they had pulled him over or what they wanted or what he should do? They didn't give him any instructions. They just sat there and they hoped that he would do something that would give them an excuse to do something bad to him. Is that what police are for? Tricking children into doing something that can be perceived as a crime? Observation number two. When I was editing this episode, I actually cut the portion of this podcast wherein I described the, quote, game, where I used to call out, black guy, whenever I passed uh, a black person being pulled over in a town where only black people are pulled over, even though everyone is white. I was going to cut that because it, it made me seem like an asshole, I thought. And in fact, I did cut it, and I was about to re-record it without using the word game uh, when I realized I was simply amplifying the fact of me being an, an asshole. Um, and so I put it back. And it is now an observation, which is that before I had black kids... Racism wasn't that big of a problem for me. It wasn't a big problem for me until it became my personal problem. Observation number three. In prepping for this episode, I, I talked to Percy to try and make sure I was remembering everything as accurately as possible. And we ended up talking about a time not too long ago, pretty recently, where he had witnessed a car accident between two other cars and the woman who had been struck by the other uh, motorist asked him to stick around and be a witness for her and he agreed and when the cop arrived on the scene he immediately went to Percy demanded his license and registration wanted to know what he was doing when the accident happened 
and started to write up the report as if my son had struck the other motorists and was at fault for the accident, even though his car hadn't touched their cars and didn't have any damage. And the woman who had been hit had to come over to the policeman and explain, no, 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 he was just a witness. It's that guy that hit me. And he's even admitted it. That guy over there admitted that he hit me. And the cop had to take a few seconds to reset in order to deal with the accident. The cop had been trained to immediately assume that the bad guy in any situation, when he arrives on the scene and he's trying to get a lay of the land and he's trying to understand what it, what complicated, whatever situation is going on, he's trying to understand it. The shortcut is to assume that the black guy is the bad guy. And so observation number three is, if you have listened to this and this has made you think any differently about the world or maybe just confirmed what you already thought about the world, my only suggestion is that to fight against whatever is deep down inside of us that makes us think that the black guy must have done something to get pulled over, just say out loud what is probably statistically far more likely. Just say it out loud. Your kids might be in the back seat. Say it out loud. That guy probably didn't do anything to get pulled over. Just as you pass. <laughs> yeah, oh God, it's a black guy pulled over. He probably didn't do a darn thing to deserve it. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great week.